You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. This doesn't sound romantic, but even if you plan ahead and and make a date, and it, it may not seem as spontaneous as we would like, but even planning ahead to say, hey, on Friday, the kids are being looked after. Let's make a date that we're going to be intimate. And it, and it might be going, that's something to look forward to. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Dez. Well, it is Momentum. It is Tim and Des with you once again. And wherever you are around Australia, we really, really appreciate you tuning in and giving us uh, your listening ear. MomentumAustralia.org is our website. I'd love you to check that out after the show and uh, have a look about what we're all about. But it is Tim and Des. And Des, how are you this week, my friend? Are you well? Yes, I'm really good. You know, we had a great week last week when we talked about um, intimacy, um, emotional intimacy. And now we're uh, on to the second part of that. Um, so last week we chatted with the CEO of Focus for the Family Australia, Brett Ryan. We had a great time and we looked at five things that we can do to have greater emotional intimacy with our spouse. And of course, emotional intimacy is the catalyst to greater physical intimacy. And so this week we're exploring four ways to have better physical intimacy with our spouse. And all the guys just suddenly got very excited listening. Brett Ryan, it's great to have you back, mate. How are you? <laughs> I'm very, very well. And thanks for allowing me to be be back. <laughs> Before we start, we should just mention that both these topics have been recent articles on Focus of the Family Australia, and you can check them out online at families.org.au. Brett, let's start off by um, by kind of unpacking this idea of physical intimacy. Um, and I, I remember <laughs> there was a song back in the 80s for those of us old enough to remember. I think it was Salt and Pepper, Let's Talk About Sex. Um, and there was a line in the in the bridge of the song where she's like something about having sex and then making love. And she's like, come on, how many guys do you know that make love as opposed to just have sex? So let's talk about physical intimacy. Is it the same as sex? Is sex different to physical intimacy? Explore that for us. Explain that for us. Well, the physical intimacy, and as we were fl- flowing on from last week about that emotional intimacy, when one is connected and emotionally feeling safe and loved and cherished and valued, then that is true true physical intimacy because you can have sex with anyone and we've seen that in our culture today unfortunately you can get the hookup culture and you can meet someone just to do the deed and there's no emotional connection it's just physical but i think i think we all crave to have that connection that intimate connection where i can look somebody in the eye and we've got that connection because really ultimately anytime someone's intimate with somebody it actually releases a hormone called oxytocin and dopamine and noradrenaline and serotonin. There's all these chemistry set in our brains. Every time we are intimate with somebody, it actually releases this wonderful hormone, oxytocin, which is a is like a hug hormone that connects you with one another. So you can't really be physically intimate with somebody and uh, not have a connection. And those mm-hmm. who do, it's just a, a poorer, poorer version of true connection with another human being. This is a little left of field, but then let's talk about then if we're releasing those sorts of chemicals and let's let's speak into the the space of pornography here for a second, right? And I know this is a little off topic, but if we're releasing those chemicals when we when we orgasm, but if that's happening when if it's a, a screen or you know something that that's not a person, is that then the is that where we're we're training our brain? to essentially be connected to something on the screen instead of a human being? Is is that why it's such a struggle for guys to break the pornography cycle? 
Yeah, very much so. It's actually causing these super highways in the brain that it actually means that you get that that hit, that euphoria, just like any uh, addicted or habitual um, consumer of either drugs or gambling or even, um, you know, pornography, as you're saying, it releases that hormone and then you actually want more. You want it stronger, a lot of harder. And people who may start off innocently looking at just a few pictures can progress to more darker, more sinister, more violent, more dehumanizing of another human being. And we need that extra hit. And people think, oh, once I get married, I'm going to have sex on tap and I don't even have to worry about the pornography. <laughs> but once you've formed those super highways, and if you um, are self um, uh, medicating yourself by masturbation in form those things, again, that super highway is actually creating that you can't be intimate with another human being because you're so used to a two-dimensional image to get yeah. your excitement, to get your mm. orgasm, to, to get your climax. And if we do that, those patterns long enough, it means that the, you're not able to rise to the occasion and actually can cause uh, um, impotence. Uh, because you're so used to being connected to a two-dimensional image. And that's a whole other topic about pornography, but mm. it's a real issue, especially when it comes to uh, physical and emotional intimacy with another human being. Pornography has distorted that and it actually has made it more and more difficult for men to connect with their spouse because they're so used to that hard wiring that's taken place in their, in their brains. I mean, it's certainly true in terms of pornography. It's pervasive everywhere, uh, you know, everywhere, the TV, the movies, that whole culture of it's, it's fine to have sex with somebody without the intimacy. And, and so, so how, do, how do we help men break through that and, and get to understand the real world? Yeah. Well, I mean, let's, let's just go back to the, the beginning. God created sex and it's beautiful. It was to be cherished and valued. And he actually says, you know, get together. And I mean, there's a whole book in the Bible, Song of Solomon, that talks yeah. about physical intimacy, you know, connection with your spouse, but it's done in a loving, caring, safe environment. And so the, the, the church, and I guess in the past, um, we haven't really spoken about the joy and the, the, the beauty of intimacy of, of sex that we've always seen it as something wrong. Sex is bad. Don't get an STI and don't get pregnant. That was the, that was the message that we were brought up with. Right. You know, when I speak to young people, I talk about it in, in a way that how God has created it's so beautiful and therefore we should cherish it and value it a lot more than what it is in our culture today. It's, it's seen, it's the, the sex has been distorted in such a way that it's seen as just as something you do and not being connected to another human being. So starting off with the conversation saying sex is beautiful and not, and not talking about it in a negative way, but talking in a beautiful way, it means that we can change the paradigm, change the narrative to actually say, Hey, that's what I want. I don't want to have that distortion. I don't want to have that baggage into my going into my future relationship. I want to be able to connect to my future spouse in a real way, unadulterated. And I was one of those people. I kept myself from marriage. And I mean, that's, that's one example, but it's amazing when I share that to a lot of group of young people, they go, really, did you do that? How did you survive? You know, like it's, it's, it's again, their mindset has been saying mm. everyone's doing it where they're not. Mm. We need to aspire and have the heroes. Doesn't mean that uh, I, I wasn't tempted. Doesn't mean that it wasn't difficult. It just means that I kept myself and my wife kept herself. And then we can actually start 
together in our relationship as, as virgins with no baggage, no experience. And we, and basically learn along life's journey. (laughs) Right. I mean, that, that's certainly not the norm, let's be honest, Brett, and there'll be many men listening now who, for, for them, that isn't the norm. And I, th- I think it's fair to say that most of us, too, probably have a distorted view of what sex is meant to be. And part of that, I think, is if you've grown up in the church, that the church, as you mentioned, probably hasn't addressed that too well over the years. That's another side issue. But if you if you haven't grown up in the church, and for example, like myself, I grew up as a non-Christian at the age of 25, and then I found faith. But there's a good chance that we haven't had a good introduction to sex either, whether it's a poor, awkward conversation with our parents that was just awkward and horrible and we just wanted to run and the ground to swallow us up and like, I can't believe I'm here. Mum and dad, shut up. I don't even want to think about it. And you and mum doing it, you know, uh, or that awkward moment in biology class where everyone's kind of snickering at the drawings that the teacher's doing on the, I mean, whatever it is, let's be honest, we've, we've kind of not had a good introduction to this. So let, let's speak into that space for men. How, how do we start to, I suppose, change our view and get a healthy view, like you're saying, right? Because there's, there's, it's like, I, I hear what you're saying, Brett, and that's terrific. That's not my story, though. So how do I shift that in my head? Well, it's, it's great that you mentioned that because uh, um, we've, all, we've all fallen short of our ideal and our past, you know, whatever we, if we've had experiences that we would later we've regretted or we've done experiences that we've made choices but we go, oh, look, I didn't want to do that. I talk about a spirit of virginity so you can start afresh. It's like God has given us that, that incredible gift of forgiveness. And he's like saying, hey, that's your past. I'm here now for you. You are forgiven and we can start again. So you can have that spirit of virginity and start, you know, guarding your eyes, guarding your ears, going ahead and saying, hey, I don't want that past to determine my history. I don't want to determine my present or my future. I'm going to actually say that leave it in the past, but I'm going to start looking at women in a much more pure way. I'm not going to see them as something, a plaything and something for my, my, my uh, enjoyment, but I'm going to see them as equal in the eyes of God, equal in my eyes. And they matter because they are someone's daughter. They are someone's mother. They are someone's sister. And I'm going to change my thinking pattern and my thought processes. And if, and if say, for example, pornography is part of your journey, you know, you, you probably at the end of the day say, I feel guilt. I feel shame. And you feel like no one understands. We need to start opening up that conversation and actually having accountability partners, not once you've done it, but actually say, hey, I'm tempted at the moment. Can we do something? That's true accountability. Mm-hmm. Come alongside someone and actually say, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to be there for you because we've all got issues. We've all got our blind spots. We've all got things that we would rather not continue going down that pathway, but change the, the thought processes in our minds to actually think pure. And I mean, it says in Philippians, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is a good report, think and dwell upon those things, meditate upon those things. Pornography is not one of those things. And as it says in Romans, you know, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but renew your mind. So it starts with our thinker, upper, our brains and start saying, hey, I don't want to be following the patterns of this world. I want to be countercultural. I want to stand up for good righteousness. Whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's to think about, those are the things I want to think about, not those things of that is going to draw me down to bring this down to mediocre or beam me down to their level. I want to rise above that. And it's not the linkage really between last week's discussion and this week's discussion you know and and if you have a, a proper relationship and a great healthy relationship with your partner then then the physical intimacy will flow from that in the right context yeah 
any couple and, and, and pornography has been the result of many couples downfall in their relationship because it became too addictive. It, it is a, again, a virtual world, not a real world. And if women are trying to compare and contrast themselves with what, what men are seeing on in pornography, it, they're never going to compete. No. Hmm. Um, and, and I have to say the other distorted aspect of pornography, it's been very violent, dehumanizing. Women are always up for it. They like it hard and harsh. I actually spoke to a woman who works in a healthcare center in uh, the Northern Territory, and she's seeing young ladies coming in with all sorts of injuries that no one should ever receive, Mm -hmm. purely because they're either being told that this is what women are supposed to do or the expectations of their boyfriends um, that this is what every woman likes. Again, it's not not true. If you were to imagine a flower and, um, and if, you know, you allow nature to take its course, it will open up freely because they feel safe. It feels secure. But if you start trying to rip out those petals or, or the, the bud, it will, it won't be what it's supposed to be. A woman is like that. A woman is meant to be just opening up. And when they feel safe and secure, then, then that true intimacy, true physical intimacy, and they feel that connection. Then I tell you what, that's what, true intimacy, physical intimacy with a, your partner, ideally in the confines of a covenantal relationship in marriage, that is the most ideal and the best way to have long lasting, happy, enjoyable intimacy. Yeah. That's so good, Brett. There's so much in that. Um, and thank you for exploring that as well, because that, I mean, that's huge. Um, I want to just take a pause. and we're, So we're going to come back to the four, four ways to have better physical intimacy in just a moment. But off the back of that, Brett, going into the break, a final thought around that, right? Um, for many men, right, we, we might need to do a bit of a, a self-evaluation around our views of women, our views of sex in general, our views of physical intimacy. You know, um, what, and you said it starts upstairs, right, with what we're thinking about. So just quickly for men listening right now, some some will be on, we're all on different journeys, right? You saved yourself until marriage. There's men that are still in, you know, perhaps wrong relationships. There's men that are on the pornography train. How do we do a self-evaluation and go, what might be some red flags that I'm seeing in my thoughts or the way that I'm looking at women or responding to women or, you know, fantasizing about certain things? what sort of inventory can we do that might indicate there's some red flags that might mean we need to tidy things up upstairs a little bit? Yeah, there's, there could be a lot of things going on, depending on where there's, they're going. I mean, let's start off with the, the single guy, never had intimacy and and hasn't started there. And they're thinking, I'm not a complete person unless I have sex. Uh, I have not, you know, it's my rite of passage. Let's start off you can survive without sex. You know, you will not explode. You will not, uh, you will not die. And it's not, doesn't make you a whole person. Yes, it is enjoyable. And it's something God's given us, but you can live a very fulfilled life without having sexual intimacy. The second part of it is people who are saying, well, I need to continue to self-soothe myself. I need to, you know, go down the pathway of masturbation. I need to, I need, I need to release myself. There may be a time for that, but you don't want to make that a habit. You don't want to continue doing that on a, on a regular basis, because again, you're programming your brain to actually perform only for yourself, which is actually very self-centered. Whereas giving of yourself is actually outward expression. It's actually serving another person. I want to give somebody something of myself and they will receive me. Whereas if you continue to going, looking at pornography and, and looking at, um, uh, masturbating all the time, it actually creates a, 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 a 
countercultural thing. So when you are with another human being, it's only you can do it yourself. That's not a great habit to get into either. Then you've got the people who are actually married and they actually want to have a greater intimacy with their bride and, and, but they're still looking at pornography because they're not getting enough and that define enough, you know, because it may not, it's an insatiable appetite and they mm. might have a higher libido and that's, a, there's a disconnect. That's another conversation, but we need to actually be open that if you're going towards pornography, rather than turning to your wife, that is, on a, that's a red flag right there. You yeah. don't want to go down that pattern. And then the other aspect is that if you are looking elsewhere, you know, like to get your, you know, your, um, that connection with another human being rather than your wife, then that breaks all levels of trust, actually breaks all level of uh, value. And you're breaking your covenant, covenantal vows. You know, we, we, we should say for better or for worse, for richer and poorer, sickness and health till death do us part. If you said that, let's go back to that origin. If you're thinking or considering breaking any of those vows, then that's another red flag. And so mm-hmm. any of those times you have a red flag, go and speak to somebody. It could be a pastor. It could be a youth leader. It could be a best mate. It could be someone that you need, you feel safe with and actually say, I'm putting my hand up. I've got a problem. They may not solve the problem for you, but you've got someone else in your corner to share that burden with. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. We're going to take a short break. We're chatting with Brett Ryan from Folks on the Family Australia, their website, families.org.au. Four ways to have better physical intimacy. We've set the scene. We're going to come back and do these four ways. Look at these four ways on the other side of this break. You are listening to Momentum all around Australia. Check out the website too, MomentumAustralia.org. Tim, Des and Brett Ryan from Focus on the Family back with you in just a moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. All right. Well, welcome back to Momentum. It's uh, it, well, it's it's a great show. It's always a great show. But we're getting uh, very real and raw with Brett Ryan from Focus on the Family this week. Last week we looked at uh, five ways to creating greater um, emotional intimacy with our spouse, and this week we're exploring four ways to have better physical intimacy with our spouse. And of course, the two are interlinked. And so we've set the scene about what it means physical intimacy over sex, some ways that we can change our thinking as men. Brett, let's then look at these four ways that we can increase uh, physical intimacy with our spouse. And of course, we're talking in a marriage relationship here. The first one is put effort into your relationship. Now, that sounds fairly basic, but of course, that can happen on different ways and different levels. Explore that for us. What sorts of things does effort, putting effort into our relationship mean that might mean at the end of the day, we might get some physical intimacy as well? Yeah, I I think it actually comes back to how much you appreciate it. And and if you had a a million dollars in your home, you would really cherish it. You would protect it. You would actually make sure it's kept well uh, um, protected in every area of your life. And the same thing when it comes to your spouse is, does she feel protected and, and um, that you're appreciating her and valuing her? And then it's not just what you get out of it, it's what you can give and serving. I mean, it says in the Bible, it talks about uh, husbands love your spouse or love your wives as Christ loved the church, which is a very high bar. Mm-hmm. And does your wife feel loved that you're willing to lay down your life, your wants, your desires? to see her succeed, to see her serve. So when we're actually putting effort into relationship where, you know, we're looking obviously physical, looking after ourselves physically and hygiene. Um, (laughs) um, We're also putting the extra effort in helping sharing the workload around the household. And it doesn't mean that if you, you know, do the dishes, vacuum the floor, put the kids into the bath and into bed, then you're going to go, 
I'm going to get lucky tonight because I've been guilty of that. I've done all the ticking all the boxes thinking that if I do all these things, my motive was not, not, um, not pure. My motive was if I do A, B, and C, I'm going to get, you know, my, my, uh, at the end of the day, my pot of rain, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. We have to go to a mindset. We're doing this together. And regardless of the end result, I'm going to still serve. I'm going to still see her as important and valuable. When we put that effort in, then we may get the dividend. But if we go in with the mindset only of the dividend, yeah, we've Mm. actually got a a really uh, a impure thoughts or an impure motive, and that's not healthy for anyone. We had a guest on uh, some time ago, and uh, his comment was that uh, to to create an atmosphere of intimacy with your wife starts before breakfast. Yes. <laughs> and, Very and that's much not so. even, that's not you're going to be intimate before breakfast and you can do but in terms of you want to you know be intimate in the evening start before breakfast. Yeah. And it's actually thinking, thinking that I'm talking about if I was doing a marriage seminar and we've actually got one coming up later on uh, this year um, and on our website, you can go on online one. So you can actually invest in your relationship and it might be the best thing you can do. We're looking at communication, conflict, there's a whole variety of different things. But one of the things I talk about is um, making those regular connections during the day, a text or a phone call um, or, or, or a little note. And it's saying, I'm, I'm actually putting you as a priority. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about you. I'm, I'm making you an important aspect. Now it may end up with intimacy at the end of the day. It may not, but I'm still going to ring you up. I'm going to still send you a text. I'm going to still see how you're going. Those things are are really important. So it really is a big thing. And I mean, it, a lot of people think that sex is just between the legs. It actually is what's between the ears. It's your mm-hmm. mind and thinking and guarding your eyes, guarding your ears, what you're allowing into your body and into your mind and into your heart will actually set you up for either success or failure. Well, we'll come back to that in a minute. That's number two, guide your thoughts. But um, Brett, just quickly, if if and I suspect this is probably the case in most relationships too, there'll be one person that perhaps needs or wants more physical intimacy than the other okay um how do we communicate that and how do we i suppose find a middle ground with that um because again we don't want to be demanding um we don't want to feel like it's it's on tap either but the 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 reality is that one of us might be more wired that way than the other how do we kind of navigate that water now it would seem in in logic that more men but there occasionally some women want it more and and i can speak on behalf of all men uh if if that's you (laughs) we'll all be very jealous Um, uh, but we hate you. <laughs> For those who there is a disconnect. If we were talking about back to where we were talking about emotional intimacy, being vulnerable, then it might be important to have that conversation and say, "Hey, what can we do to improve that relationship?" Now, there could be circumstances. It could be hormonal changes. It could be that there's um, a, a emotionally disconnected. There's there's a there's there's there might be multiple reasons why you're not as intimate with your partner as you might like. And so if you eliminate the physical things, uh, eliminate the psychological things, eliminate the relational things. And then if we can explore that, the, the, your partner, if they don't want to disappoint you, they don't want to frustrate you. It's just not the way that they are wired. There is that give and take. So be patient. Don't demand be understanding because they're already probably feeling a little bit guilty. They're already feeling like they're letting you down. Adding another layer of, of guilt upon them is not going to go well. And they're already feeling like 
I'm never going to measure up. And especially if they're trying to compete with a, with a, a pornified culture, they're mm. never going to feel like measured up. So take it back, have a conversation, see if you can actually know it, narrow that gap. And when you are together, you know, even if it feels like they're, they're not really into it, they're still giving of themselves. Yeah. They're still trying to serve you as, as best they can. Now, there may be days that's the, the differences types. There might be the ones that are very romantic, very erotic, very, very connected and long and, and very, um, you know, like there's a connection. And then other times it may just be the quickie, but they're still giving of themselves. So don't, mm. don't actually look at it, about it as a second class. Um, enjoy it while you can. But then there is that connection time and they can, and you're giving and receiving of each other. You know, it's interesting. Um, uh, I mean, there's some really practical things you can do. Like, you know, have a shower. Put on some aftershave. You know, if you're getting to bed with somebody who doesn't smell good, that is not conducive to you know, a good relationship. And that's it's being practical. It's being real, right? But the th- there are things that men need to think about when they when they want you know when they're they want to be um, romantic mm. and intimate, knowing that even if you did the aftershave and the shower, it doesn't mean there's a guaranteed yes, that's dividend. Right. That's exactly <laughs> right. um, oh, I see you've shaved, darling. <laughs> <laughs> but if you can, and another thing, this doesn't sound romantic, but even if you plan ahead. And, and make a date. And it, it may not seem as spontaneous as we would like, but even planning ahead to say, hey, on Friday, the kids are being looked after. Let's make a date that we're going to be intimate. And it, and it might be going, that's something to look forward to and to, mm-hmm. to actually achieve. Now, there may be some red, some things that happen on that day that it doesn't turn out, but there's something <laughs> to look forward to. It, it, it doesn't seem as romantic to be, where's yeah. the spontaneity yeah. where it was when you didn't have children mm-hmm. or you didn't have the responsibilities. But even those planned dates can be something that can be very, very special. Right. Let's move on to number two and guide your thoughts. And we mentioned this, but I mean, let's be honest, for a lot of guys, I mean, we can love our wives. We, we, we leave the house on the morning, we go to work. And let's be honest, we're bombarded in society, culture, our phones by all mm. sorts of images that, you know, are quite sexual, sensual, uh, tempting, uh, and of course, they're not our wife. So, some uh, aside from I think bouncing the eyes, which I think was Dr. Alan Meyer's advice in Valiant Man. But I mean, some some other simple ways, Brett, that we can just guard our eyes, but most importantly, guide and guard our thoughts through the day when we're away from our wife. Yeah, and and it, it is so difficult in a very sexualized culture that's everywhere, and uh, we're, we're all tempted. Um, men are predominantly visually stimulated, yeah. so we we we're wired that way. Girls know that. Women know that that is the case. They just don't appreciate your, you know. They can understand the first look, but they don't like the longer, linger look <laughs> afterwards. So that's something to be aware of. Uh, the other side of things is, you know, like not putting yourself in a position that you're going to look at it more often, you know, like say, for example, if you, you cannot control yourself on uh, looking at pornography with a smartphone, get rid of the smartphone, go back to the old Nokia, you know, like the old ones. I've had to actually use one of those phones just recently uh, because my phone had broken. I had to get a temporary one. It was surprisingly how freeing it was that I wasn't tempted to go onto the internet or uh, Mm -hmm. do Look at my emails. Even they are tempting. They are even distractions. It's not just looking at um, sexualized content. We can all be tempted to do things like our hobbies and and uh, things that we enjoy. And 
some of the things that we need to make sure of is that we're actually prioritizing. It's not going to golf every time we have a free moment because our spouse needs to have yeah. their little bit of me time. And I'm, I can say safely, my wife is encouraging me to go and play golf, but I'm thinking it's very selfish. But she says, no, it, it, it's good for us to be apart. It's good for us to have that disconnect and, and you can connect with your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just tempting to you know look at images. It's actually tempting to be distracted of other things yeah. when our partner isn't feeling like a priority. We're talking about four ways to have better physical intimacy. Uh, First one was put effort into your relationship. That we've just talked about was guide your thoughts. Number three is increase your awareness. Now, Brett, I guess there's a a couple of ways that this could mean uh, an awareness around our wife and what's good for our wives. It could be an awareness of, you know, we we understand the female body a bit better. Like we we get some books and we get some, you know, some, uh, I suppose, thoughts around, hey, how does my wife actually work in this business matter? Uh, again, can you expand on this for us? What does that mean? Increase our awareness as blokes. Yeah, I think I use the analogy. If your if your boss came up to you and says, "Look, I'd like to send you to a professional development day," you go, "Great! He's seeing great potential in me. He's going to he's investing in me." We don't tend to have that same attitude when it's investing in our relationships or investing in finding out how we can become a better husband or a better better father or even a better lover. Um, so looking mm-hmm. at different websites and I mean, focus on the family, Australia, we've got a variety of different resources or podcasts talking about this area, but we can all do with a little bit of fine tuning and, and not take it for granted, learning new things, maybe ways that we communicate, the way that we show appreciation, the way that we show value, all these little things can make uh, us a better mm-hmm. me, uh, improving ourselves and having that attitude to be better informed, to be better involved, to be more intentional in the way that we connect with our spouse can only improve. And But if we just expect, oh, well, I know all that there is to know about intimacy, then think again, because things change, things grow. And, and I think we spoke about being curious of our spouse. Our spouse yeah. changes. Things that they used to enjoy may not be the same, same in enjoyment. So again, going back to those conversations, how can I, uh, and, and I spoke to my, my wife last night, we're doing a devotion. And one of the questions was, ask your wife, how can you be a better lover? And, yeah. and it was just to open up a, co- a conversation just to see how can we do that? How can I show greater connection with, with you as a human being? Right. And so being aware, being open, that the things that we used to like may have changed over time. I think that's brilliant as uh, feedback for men because, you know, I, I speak for myself. I speak for probably most of the men who are listening. And I would never think of going and buying a book to help me with, you know, with that physical sexual intimacy mm. and it's, yeah. it's such an important thing to do i think that's amazing but don't turn to porn to get no, no, exactly <laughs> that's true right. absolutely yeah. that is not real that was not on my some, number one list <laughs> there are some god yeah. god uh, ordained or biblical worldviews on how to improve your intimacy it could be just a short article it could be a podcast uh we've got a, actually a uh a, a toolkit if you like on how to become a better a better marriage partner it's called the marriage toolbox and there's sure. some different things in there about how to improve your know, communication how to improve how to have a great conversation those things if you're not familiar with it can actually mm. improve your physical intimacy as we start becoming more real and more open to actually say hey we don't have it all together but i want to improve yeah Again, all those things available at families.org.au for the Focus on the Family website. Um, Hey, look, um, the final thing is take ownership of your communication. And, you know, we talked about this last week. We kind of set the scene about this whole thing about this. If you can create emotional intimacy with your wife, 
it leads generally to better, closer, uh, more physical intimacy. Um, taking ownership of communication, though, Brett. I mean, as a, as a man, again, sometimes we're not terribly good in leading those sorts of conversations. Um, so, some thoughts around that for men to go, oh, well, that sounds great, but I'm just not a great talker. I'm not a great communicator. I don't know. I don't mm. put things well into words. How many times have I sat and had a coffee with with guys who? you know, don't have our background and don't speak on the radio and they go, but I just don't, I'm not as eloquent as you. I just don't talk like you do. I'm like, yeah, but we can all learn. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it's having that willingness. You, you talk to a guy about their favorite NRL or AFL team. They can talk everything, you know, get really excited about it. <laughs> um, and so different topics can actually open up different things. When it comes to our relationship, we might feel a little bit more difficult, more uncomfortable, but it's like anything. It's like a muscle. You, you use it more often. It'll become more stronger, become healthier. Same thing with our conversations with our spouse to talk about these things, start off, you know, baby steps and then move up to more deeper and more meaningful. And then if we can do that, um, we're going to be, it's going to be much healthier and much easier, but I can guarantee there'll be some couples and say, look, we've tried that. It's not, it's, it hasn't worked for us. Be proactive, not reactive. Don't wait till it gets into a crisis. Maybe go and speak to a counselor, go and speak to a, a pastor, someone that can actually help journey with you or even a mentor, someone that you admire and say, look, you seem to have it all together. And I can guarantee they won't have it all together because there are no perfect couples. Talk mm. to people and actually allow other people to speak into your life, mentors to actually help you navigate some of these things before they become a crisis. And we at Focus on Family are all about, you know, we're probably the, we're much more in the preventive game rather than the, uh, at the end of the cliff. You know, when people are at the bottom of the cliff, there are plenty of organizations. We'd love to think that we're helping people before it becomes a, a mm. crisis. And we're still here to help you either way, but just getting good information will actually help improve the way that you connect and communicate and be more physically intimate with your spouse. Right. Beautifully wrapped up this week's show, four ways to have better physical intimacy. And again, pointing you towards the Focus on the Family website because it is absolutely loaded with resources. And just a quick recap too, that there is an online marriage course, I think November you said, Brett, was happening? Yeah, November, yeah. So I encourage you to check into that. And of course, their resources, details at families.org.au. And our special guest this week has been the CEO of Focus on the Family Australia, Brett Ryan. Brett, it's been a wonderful couple of weeks. You've shown a lot into uh well des and i but the men listening of course as well yes. and uh, make we really appreciate your input thanks for being on the show it's my honor and my privilege you've been listening to momentum a show that helps men succeed in life for more information or to hear this week's show again go to momentumaustralia.org you can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at momentumaustralia.org until next time keep moving forward with momentum